This is an Equity Beats Media podcast. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to the Equity Mate Summer Series of 2020, brought to you by Superhero, offering $5 brokerage and $0 brokerage on ETFs in Australia. Over the next 12 episodes, we're going to be diving into some of Australia's largest and most well known companies, as selected by you, the Equity Mates community. We'll be unpacking the company, its industry, outlook, and key financials, and in some instances, we'll also be taking the tough questions straight to the CEO. To do this, as always, I am joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? I'm very good. Looking forward to discussing this stock. Yeah, this is a, a very interesting one, not within our circle of competence. Well, personally, oh, not for, for me. Personally, not for me. But this is what I love about the Equity Mate Summer Series is that we get exposed to a bunch of new companies that perhaps we've never heard of or thought about looking into. And it's a great opportunity for us to put our research skills to the test and unpack some companies that are a bit left of field. Yeah. A big thank you to Zach from the Equity Mates community who has done a stellar job in helping with the research and analysis for this. So Zach, shout out to you and uh, also to all the other contributors who have helped with the summer series of 2020 and to the broader Equity Mates community for sticking around and listening. So (laughs) how we're going to do the episode as always, company summary, industry, outlook, financials, and a bit of valuation at the end if it's profitable. So should we crack in? We're talking about Aroa Biosurgery. ASX ticker is ARX. Before we get into what the company does, I just want to note that this is a New Zealand company listed in Australia. And I think as Australians, we need to just take a moment and just recognize the quality of company that New Zealand are sending across the ocean or across the sea. It's another in a long line of New Zealand companies. And and obviously this company is new in its journey, but some of the New Zealand companies that have become market darlings, companies like A2 Milk, Zero. Auckland International Airport had 10 bagged prior to COVID. Good on you, New Zealand. (laughs) Keep sending your quality companies across. Maybe we need a New Zealand companies listed on the ASX ETF. Not bad. I think we need a few more though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there are a few more. Some haven't done as well. And New Zealand, you wouldn't have wanted to have held. Was there a honey one? I'm sure there was. I feel like there was. So yeah, a little bit of an ode to New Zealand before we uh, yeah full credit New Zealand yeah 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 I didn't know Zero was New Zealand yeah right, great company that's enough of me fanboying over our neighbour to the east no west east east yes <laughs> gee lucky we're not doing a, a geography podcast yeah <laughs> orienteering podcast Aurora is a Aroa Aroa. Good point. <laughs> I'm going to make that mistake at least three more times in this Aroa. episode, I reckon. They are a biotech company. Basically, what they do is I'll read you how they describe it, and then I'll tell you it in my own words sure. how about that. So, Aroa is a soft tissue regeneration company focused on improving the rate and quality of healing in complex wounds and soft tissue reconstruction. Yeah. What does that mean? That means they are looking at ways in which they can use... Regenerative medicine and, <laughs> <laughs> and healing of patients, 
Ren, it's a pretty interesting company. You said you were going to explain it in your, your own words. So how about yeah, you do yeah, that? Yeah. So this company was founded in 2008 and what they have done is they've taken the lining of a sheep's stomach and they basically place it. They, they obviously don't just take it straight from the sheep and put it on someone, but yes. <laughs> that, that's what it's made from. And they place it on wounds that aren't healing or are, you know massive and will struggle to heal. And it helps your own like tissue regenerate around this, I guess, like gauze-like film that they put on. And what happens is as your skin regenerates around this gauze-like thing, it basically you know goes away. And so it helps your skin regenerate. Yeah. yeah. I feel like this has been something that has, you know, people have been trying to master for years and I'm not sure how close it is to the perfect solution, but we've had the spray on skin by yeah, yeah. the Australian, the name escapes me. And, you know, you look at many other companies that are playing in this space and looking at innovative ways, I guess, to solve this issue of healing skin faster, yeah. using your, your own body to do so without having to do those massive skin grafts mm. that traditionally were the way to do to heal skin. So, yeah, I, I like the space that this is in. Yeah. And you know the other reason why I like it? 22 million sheep were killed in 2019 and many of their stomachs went to waste. So not only is this a good biotech play, it's a good recycling play. <laughs> it's sustainability. It's a, fair call. Yeah. it's a fair call. But I mean, in all seriousness, they have found a use for a product that was not really being used or was only being used in really low value ways. And so for a company that wants to keep their costs low, this is a pretty innovative way to come up with a medical innovation that uses something that is cheap and was previously not being really used. Yeah. So where would they be using this sort of product, I guess, Ren? So just to reaffirm, see if I've got it right, what the product is, is they provide some sort of a patch or a placement over the wound that encourages the body itself to regenerate and grow over that. Yeah. Yeah. It acts as like a, a scaffold, I guess. And then your body grows new tissue over that. And yeah, you know, like it helps reestablish blood supply and all of that stuff. Now, obviously, the science, scientific side of it is uh, outside of my circle of competence. Think of it like, you know, a gauze or a, a patch, yeah. <laughs> this is probably going to be a silly question, but is this available over the counter? I don't think so. Yeah, you'd yeah. have to go into hospital to get this. Sorry, hospital may be a misnomer. I think it can be prescribed by any health professional. So it would have to be a health professional that gives, gives it, to, it you, to you. But I don't think it has to be a hospital. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, where do we want to go from here? Just to put some, I guess, practical use cases on the table, and this is from the company, they talk about some of the ways that their product has been used, breast reconstruction, soft tissue repair, acute wounds, chronic wounds. Tell me the difference between an acute and a chronic wound. No. <laughs> Fair enough. Hernia repair, pressure ulcers, venous ulcers, diabetic ulcers, surgical wounds, traumatic wounds partial and full thickness wounds. So yeah. covers everything. Really where the skin has been broken or disrupted and, and it needs to repair and it's unlikely to repair on its own or it's going to be slow to repair on its own, this can accelerate that process. 
And so is the idea that this eventually dissolves and is that how this works? It encourages the growth yeah. and as the skin and cells itself grow, it disappears miraculously? Yeah. Well, I don't think it disappears, but it it's not like it's taken off at any point. Yeah. 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 So I guess in that sense, it does disappear. I imagine your skin just grows over it and then it gets, I guess, absorbed into the body. This isn't just something that is an idea. They did a study and... In that study, 89% of wounds closed at the 12-week mark and 100% of the wounds closed over six months. So I'm not sure what the normal timeline was and how that compared, but it obviously does do what it's meant to do, which is support tissue regeneration and skin growth. So just looking at it, Ren, they have over 4 million... Well, they, it has been used on over 4 million patients mm. whilst they're based in New Zealand their major market is in the US. They've been there since 2010 in the market for wounds and, and hernia. It seems like their strategy has never really been to build out a sales infrastructure, but rather partner with large global companies who will take the sales and marketing responsibility on themselves. So I guess that's one way they've kept themselves reasonably lean. I think they only have 30 employees. They were partnered with a North American biotech company that was doing their sales and marketing, Hollister Biotech, but they have brought that back and now they want to do it in-house. So when they IPO'd here in Australia in 2020, they listed on the ASX on the 24th of July. They raised $45 million and uh, a lot of that is going into their commercial expansion. Now we talk a lot about R&D for a company like this, you would imagine that they have a pretty strong commitment to, to research and development. And uh, they say that they've got a deep pipeline of products on the way. I think it took five years of product development before they were even able to launch their original product. But I think given the success that it's having, it seems like that R&D is certainly worth it. It is approved in 37 countries around the world and more importantly, has FDA approval. 600 hospitals currently use it and strong distribution. Yeah, yeah. I just went down a bit of a rabbit hole of flicking through one of their investor presentations. If you want to see some pretty gross photos of wounds <laughs> um, healing... Uh, we'll include them in the show notes. No, well, <laughs> when you look at the wounds and the way that they heal in these photos, it's pretty incredible what they're able to do. Like, there's some pretty bad wounds in these photos. So it's it's cool that these guys have found a new and innovative way to help patients that are suffering these wounds and these issues. But anyway, enough about that. Let's talk about the industry because I guess these guys could be doing incredible things, but if their competitors are doing more, then they might be a great company, but not a great investment. Mm. So I think when we start talking about the industry and the competitors, if we define the industry to begin with, I think we're really talking about soft tissue reconstruction, healing of these acute and complex wounds. And there's really three types of technologies that are out there. This is per one of their investor presentations. So there's permanent synthetics, absorbable synthetics, and then biologics. This technology fits in the biologics. And I guess the spray on skin that you were talking about earlier sits in one of the synthetics categories. There are a number of competitors looking at this issue and coming up with different ways to do it. Two of the big ones listed are Avita 
AVH and Polynovo PNV. They are both synthetics. Aroa is able to achieve a cost advantage over both of them and has better margins, 75, over 75% gross margins. But there are a number of others. So I guess I'll, I'll list some. And forgive me with this pronunciation, biotech companies have <laughs> interesting names. Alloderm, Aplograph, <laughs> Sedaram, <laughs> Dermograph, Epicell, EZ Derm, Integra, Laser Skin, that's that's an easy that's name. Good, good. Oasis, Orcell, Transite. And they all use different technologies. So, you know, some of them use patients' skin cells themselves, some of them use cow. Some of them use sort of like synthetic materials. Some of them use skin substitutes. There's one that uses pigs. So Aroa uses sheep, but it feels like there's a number of different ways to skin the cat. Pardon the uh, pardon the analogy there, but there's a lot of companies that are finding different alternatives to attack this problem. And when we're analyzing this company, I guess the two questions are one, how do we determine what's best? And what will be adopted and then two even if it's the best if it's incredibly more expensive hospitals probably aren't going to buy it so like what's the best for doctors and for patients is probably question one and then question two is where do they sit on the the cost scale the first question is difficult for us to answer there's a lot of reasons to suggest that this is a really good one it's non-invasive doesn't require skin grafts clinical trials have performed well it heals really quickly. It's shown a really positive lack of relapses occurring. So there's a number of reasons to think that it's the best, but I would probably say that actually analyzing all these different treatments for soft tissue regeneration is probably outside of our circle of competence. The second question is a lot easier to answer, the financial question. And this is where Aroa has a bit of a moat, I guess, or a bit of a competitive advantage over some of its competitors. That's right, Ren. They have a price moat 20 to 60% cheaper than competing biological products in their area. So, I mean, that's a pretty significant margin to fight against your competitors when going out and selling your product. Yeah. The important distinction there is that's over competing biological products. So that's the, you know, the cow or the pig and, and stuff like that. It is a little bit more expensive than some of the synthetic products. Yeah. To your point, the intersection of quality versus price would come into play for people who are buying it, I would imagine. Are you saying biologics are better quality than synthetics? I'm not suggesting that at all. <laughs> I'm saying that's what people have to think about. I mean, you, it's probably right. You would probably think so, but I have no way of confirming that. No. Yeah. If we continue to talk about moats, Ren, they do hold 10 patents and uh, that's pretty important. You know, they obviously have discovered some pretty important things and hold the patents for those. So it becomes very, very, very difficult for competitors to come in and essentially rip off what they're doing. And they do have 25 pending patents as well. So I'm imagining that is all stemming from the research and development section of their business. And when you're looking at uh, investing in these sorts of businesses, that is certainly something to consider the, the number of patents that they hold and how long they hold them for, because you know, you know, you look at pharmaceutical companies and it's the periods in which they hold the patents that they generally generate a lot of their profits because as soon as those patents relapse or I guess are no longer 
protecting themselves, competitors can come in and really heap the pressure on the price that w- at which you can sell by essentially copying your product. Well, yeah, yeah. I think really the summary of the industry context and its competitors is it's a big market. The global wound care market globally is estimated to be about $19 billion. The traditional way that these serious and complex wounds were dealt with, with skin grafts, is being disrupted and people are finding better ways to do it. The caveat being there's a number of companies working on this all with slightly different solutions on how it can be disrupted and what the best way forward is. So you've got a big industry that's undergoing disruption, but a number of disruptors all competing for market share in that industry. And really two key buckets of disruptors, those creating synthetic products and those creating biological products. One other note that I find quite interesting is apparently there's a strong feeling in the vegan and animal rights community around these biological products. And obviously because, you know, animals have to be killed to create them, they're against using animals to create those products and in favor of the synthetic ones. That was just a a note that I read that I thought was quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. All right. So should we move on to a little bit about future plans and then touch on the financials? Yeah, but before we do, let's just take a quick breath and hear a word from our sponsors. So we've had a look at uh, company summary as well as a little bit about what's going on in the industry. Let's have a look at some of the future plans. Obviously, the big thing for them is to continue the adoption of their product portfolio within existing accounts. So focusing on marketing and expansion. They've got their R&D pipeline and uh, they want to move into surgical repairs, which is going to offer some expansion opportunities and then also move beyond USA into to Canada, Europe, and then some selected Asian countries where there's a big focus on a new addressable market. So a lot of opportunity for them there. Yeah, yeah. In theory, what this company will try and do is open up more markets. The USA is their biggest market now, but if they can open up more markets, then they can manufacture at a greater scale. That hopefully will lead to cost efficiencies in their manufacturing, which will allow them to offer this cheaper which will extend their cost advantage over some of their competitors and hopefully improve their already strong margins or their already strong gross margins. They're not actually profitable at the moment. Mm. So in theory, that's what the company is going to try and do. Commercialize their existing products more through new markets, get a better cost advantage that way, while at the same time investing in research and development. And what do they think that is going to lead to? Well, if we move on to some financials, Ren, Tribeca expects that Aroa is going to have annual growth rates of at least 50% over the next three years. Not bad. So nothing to shy away from. From potential revenue of New Zealand, 150 million by 2025. So this is a, a reasonably, I guess they're not generating huge sums of money at the moment. No, I mean the company's only worth 380 million dollars. Yeah, a bit of a specky. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a specky. You did mention their gross margins, Ren. Healthy gross margins of 66%. That is slightly down on last year, I guess, due to COVID. But that is not translating into a bottom line profit at the end of the day. FY20 revenue was 22 million, gross profit of 18. However, yeah, hasn't really translated at the end of the day into into profit profitable numbers. But they have said that they're looking to be profitable over the next three years. Yeah. So with this company not making a profit and being so early in its journey, it's difficult to do a valuation. 
as with most speckies, if you're doing the analysis, you're really asking, is this company's product better than its competitors? Does it have the potential for that unbelievable growth that you really want to see in a speckie? Like, does it have five bag, 10 bag potential? So I'm pretty intrigued by this company, I've got to say. I'd never heard of it before we looked at it for the summer series. The only thing that gives me pause is the number of competitors in its space. But it's cool. I mean, you look at the investor presentation and you see what it actually does on a practical level. Like it's it's clearly a useful product and it will be cool to see if it's a good company. Yeah, useful product, but also one that is, I guess, on the edge of leading the innovation in this space, backed by a number of patents as well and, and a focus on R&D. So yeah, the thing is like they have 10 patents, that's great, but I'm sure the company that's making a similar thing out of like bovine material, like out of cows, also has a number of patents around their method of manufacture. Mm. I'm sure the company that's doing it out of pigs has a number of patents around their method of manufacture. It doesn't stop the competition. No, no. It just stops the competition doing the same thing that they're doing. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of the deep dive into Aroa. A massive shout out, as I said at the start, to Zach from the Equity Mates community who has helped us with the research and analysis of this company. Great job. You've intrigued Ren, which is uh, <laughs> something that is not easy to do. As always, a massive thank you to the sponsors of the Equity Mates Summer Series of 2020 Superhero. They're offering $5 brokerage flat fee and also $0 brokerage on all of your ETFs here in Australia. So if you want to build that core portfolio or if you want to take a bit of a satellite approach and add a rower to your portfolio, it can all be done through Superhero at incredibly low costs. So go to superhero.com.au to check them out for more information. But Ren, as always, it's been fun chatting stocks, loving doing the summer series and chat next week. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to Equity Mates Investing Podcast, a production of Equity Mates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Equity Mates Investing Podcast is general advice only. The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances, or goals. The host of Equity Mates Investing Podcast may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional. 